Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister speaks with world leaders as the coronavirus continues to spread. In my conversations with my fellow G7 leaders, uh, we have agreed that it will be important for us to coordinate uh, at a G7 level to uh, impact uh, the global economy. And we will be continuing to follow up on those conversations in the coming days as well. The government advises against non-essential travel and says closing the border is a possibility. In fairness to the people making these decisions, it's uh, we're in sort of new territory here, so everybody's kind of trying to feeling their way through it. And and if you're you know a policymaker and uh, and a, and a leader in this country or in, in any one of the provinces, you have so many things to consider as you as you make these decisions. And calls continue from opposition parties for the government to do more. People are very afraid and people are scared and they're not just scared of their of their health outcomes, they're scared of, of the, the economic outcomes that they're going to be feeling. And there are things we know we could be doing right now that would help working class Canadians, that could help families, that could help people that own small businesses in my community and communities across the country. Uh, these are things that need to happen right now. It's Monday, March 16th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics. Peter, thank you for being with us. Hi, Mark. So uh, there are a number of developments, obviously, from the weekend, uh, and and this is moving hour by hour. But the prime minister, while he is self-isolated because his wife tested positive, uh, has been having conversations with other world leaders, including U.S. President Donald Trump. He also has been communicating from his uh, place of self-isolation, saying no measures are off the table. Maybe there could even be uh, closing of the border, maybe even some mandatory uh, quarantining, isolation going on. He's encouraging people to resist the urge to panic shop. So uh, the prime minister's obviously been very active. The government has been very active over the course of the last few days. Yeah, and in, I think we're going to see a lot more activity in, in the days ahead. It's, I think what's, well, there's, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, Mark, because I, I don't know but what you've been doing, but in all my conversations, circle of friends, families over the last week or so, I mean, the same kinds of themes always come up. People are kind of confused about the directions they're they're receiving. They're confused about the fact that some provinces are moving more quickly than other provinces. They're confused about how to know when certain measures kick in and when they don't and, and what the measure is. Uh, so, and I think in, in fairness to the people making these decisions, it's uh, we're in sort of new territory here. So everybody's kind of trying to feeling their way through it. And and if you're, you know, a policymaker and, uh, and, a, and a leader in this country or in, in any one of the provinces, you have so many things to consider as you as you make these decisions. Um, you know the effect on business by you know as they, they're doing in you know Quebec, basically closing all businesses in Quebec except for restaurants, but telling restaurants that they can only stay open if they uh, you know shrink their uh, their clientele space by fifty percent. So you know to make room in each restaurant so people aren't you know can still self distance. So I think it's it's been really interesting to watch sort of how this unfolds and I you know I mean we're you know there's confusion I think in a lot of Canadians around you know I mean it's getting clearer now and more focused but there's been a lot of conclusion leading up to where we are now about do I travel is it okay some are telling me I shouldn't travel some are saying absolutely not some are saying they're recommending I don't travel strongly recommending I don't travel and yet some other countries are invoking you know mandatory quarantines mandatory travel bans so there's still a lot of confusion out there as this thing you know moves forward. 
Yeah, but the operating principle here is is worth underscoring, and that is that uh, that it's about slowing down the growth uh, and the spread of this virus. Flattening the curve, of course, is the the term that keeps get, getting used because uh, if there is uh, if, if the if the spread of the virus accelerates too quickly, it will place a demand on on the healthcare system that is not sustainable. Right. So uh, right. even even if even if the same number of people end up getting the virus, uh, but get it spread out over a longer period of time, that's more manageable than everybody getting it at once, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the whole thinking on it, I guess. But if you're watching this from, a, you know, a critical eye, you're, you're you're watching health authorities in this country, uh, you know, uh, uh, changes changes in language over from day to day, which is, you know, maybe if you're thinking of traveling on March break, you th- should think twice about it. Then, you know, we're sort of recommending nothing but essential travel. So March break, and now we're at the point where we strongly recommend that you don't travel. Uh, one wonders, you know, uh, if the idea was to flatten the curve, why that wasn't the instruction 10 days ago. If you have a March break planned 10 days ago, don't take it. Start canceling plans now because we know what's coming and that's the way to flatten the curve. So I think for a lot of people I'm talking to, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble getting clear direction. I'm seeing a different application uh, for the same problem in different parts of the country. And so, you know, I've, I mean, we're, it, it seems to me like it's all getting closer and closer together now. All, all, everybody seems to be starting to take the same kind of action and say the same kinds of things. So, uh, you know, I think it's becoming easier for Canadians to understand. But on the road to where we are now, I think there's, there's been lots of confusion of how people are supposed to react and what they're supposed to do to protect themselves and others. And there has been criticism from the Conservatives in particular. They sent out a statement yesterday uh, in response to reports that they say show the government has not properly implemented enhanced screening measures at airports, at ports, at land border crossings. They're saying that there should be enhanced screening measures at all of those places. There should be a mandatory 14-day self-isolation period for any traveler returning to Canada and other measures. Um, uh, what do you think of those criticisms from the from the opposition? And and there are going to be people who will say this is not a time for for uh, parties to play politics. I'm sure the conservatives would say that's not what they're doing here. But that is an element that enters into this discussion. Yeah, sure it is, and I think that that's the you know, you know from a political it's time to really put uh, you know national interest first and and not the possibility of any kind of political gain. But it, I'm not sure it's unfair to to raise questions based on what we're seeing. I mean, uh, I don't know how many, how many interviews you've seen, Mark, of people arriving back at airports in Canada saying uh, you know in some cases nobody asked me anything, or somebody handed me a pamphlet told me to do this, and I think that the challenge you know, for Canadians watching this is that we're seeing much stricter action being taken in, in other countries. Mind you, they've got a lot more cases and a, uh, a, a lot more trouble to deal with. But, you know, I, I think the, the challenge here is to how to make uh, reasonable suggestions and how to say, look, I've, I, this has come to our attention. We're hearing that not everybody's getting the proper kind of screening. And I think, you know, there's a proper way to frame that so that everybody seems to be pulling together. And, you know, the indication is that some of that may be warranted and some of those concerns about screening at airports, because we know the government's going to move ahead with this plan to limit the number of airports in Canada accepting international arrivers, arrivals for that very reason, that they want to make sure there are enough resources in place at, uh, at a limited number of airports so that when a flight arrives, they have enough people to screen 
And that says to me that they're probably going to step up the screening process and that most people arriving back, if not everybody arriving back, is going to get a closer look by people when they get into this country. So what will you be watching for, Peter, in the hours and days ahead? Of course, the budget has now been postponed indefinitely. It was originally planned for March the 30th. There's uh, a parliament is not sitting, of course. The Senate is not sitting. So uh, those are some elements of this as well. But but what will you be watching for uh, perhaps an indication of of which direction this is breaking? I, I think a lot of people are wondering what needs to happen for Uh, some level of normalcy to be restored and for schools to resume and and those kinds of things? Or are we looking at a prolonged period of uh, major events being canceled or or shuffled aside and and facilities not opening again? I'm not sure anybody knows the answer. Yeah. Uh, At this point, I mean, if you, what what do we have to go on? We have to look, I suppose we can look at what's happened in China where they seem to be on the, on the backside of, of the outbreak. They seem to be, uh, coming through it, but look at the measures they took to get there, uh, you know, shutting down whole parts of the country uh, entirely uh, to get, uh, you know, control of this thing. Uh, we haven't seen that yet that, and uh, sorry, haven't seen that yet in this country. Uh, I guess the company watching for is, uh, you know, the flattening the curve process and, and whether we see at some, at some point a, a unity of of action uh, where every province in in the country is sort of following the same kind of protocol so that everybody knows what's expected of them. And the other thing I'll, I'll be watching for is, and I think it's kind of interesting to, to see how this is unfolding. I think you're going to see this unfold more, Mark, is, is what, you know, the government's prepared to do to prop up the economy. And it sounds like they're prepared to go to the wall. Uh, you know, uh, $10 billion on Friday to help uh, biz- make sure businesses can get credit. A billion dollars before that for health care and uh, for workers that uh, that have to take time off work. I think we're going to hear more uh, relief for, for workers who don't have employment insurance coverage, uh, other supports for business. I, you know, I, and to me what's interesting about that is that they're, they're – I think has we've come to a point in this country where, if you remember the, the economic crash of 2008, there were still people in 2008 uh, saying that, you know, we should let business fend for itself. There's a big downturn. It was caused by, you know, greedy, greedy uh, banks or it was caused by, you know, a loosey-goosey home ownership rules in the United States, and that caused a big meltdown. So let them all hang out there on their own. I don't think you're going to hear any of that. Everybody realizes we're in a different place here. And I think you'll, you'll hear political parties in particular, you know, notwithstanding the fact that conservatives say that, you know, the liberals have spent the covered bear and they would be in a better position if they hadn't been running deficits for all this time. But by the same token, uh, I think, you know, when you hear Jason Kenney in Alberta saying we need a $20 billion stimulus package for this country, if it's anywhere close to that or even above that, I'm not sure you'll, you'll hear one peep of concern from any of the opposition parties because I think everybody realizes uh, this is not a problem of our own making in terms of the virus and that the country is going to have to do whatever it has to do uh, to bridge this to get both uh, workers and business and the economy in general across yeah. this to a better place. All right. We will see what happens as uh, this rapidly changing story evolves in the hours and days ahead. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Always a pleasure, Mark. Take care. That's CPAC's Peter Van Dusen. We've been asking for the government to push back the deadline for CRA um, filing, to make sure that the repayment doesn't have to happen right now so that we are protecting people in the short term. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today in the Globe and Mail. 
William Robson has advice on how the government can help Canadians feeling financial stress during the pandemic. Robson writes, Delaying deadlines for collections of HST and GST, for personal income tax installments, perhaps extending the deadlines for filing personal income tax returns, would ease cash flow crunches and send a vital message that the federal government understands that these are not normal times. Leaders say they feel our pain. Relieving financial stresses and giving people time and breathing room to deal with other areas of impact will alleviate it. In the Toronto Star, Robin Sears argues leaders rise during times of crisis. Sears writes, We all need to find confidence that those in charge are capable of righting the ship and navigating this terrifying passage. Let us hope that Jugmeet Singh, Aaron O'Toole, Peter McKay, and the Premiers all understand this is a time to support national leadership. Equally important is Justin Trudeau and his government's determination to avoid partisan temptations, spinning, and point scoring. Canadians will reward those leaders who take the risks in political cooperation. At globalnews.ca, Matthew Fisher argues the world needs leaders right now, but has Trump, Xi, and Putin instead. Fisher writes, There has been an urgent need for leadership from the president of the only superpower and the presidents of the two would-be superpowers. To take charge in such a way could soothe public anxiety that has often bordered on panic. They have not met the challenge. Through their various prevarications and gambits, Trump, Xi, and Putin have demonstrated at a time of intense international anxiety that they are not up to the immense responsibilities of high office. Now let's look at what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. At 1 o'clock Eastern Time, the Prime Minister will address Canadians from self-isolation at Rideau Cottage in Ottawa on the coronavirus situation. Following that message, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland, along with Ministers Patty Haidu, Jean-Yves Duclos, Bill Blair, Marc Garneau, and the Chief Public Health Officer of Canada, Dr. Theresa Tam, will make themselves available to answer questions at the National Press Theatre. And that's CPAC Today in Politics from Monday, March the 16th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.